When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to Hit That Line, brought to you by Homefield Apparel. We talked about it last week. We talked about it on damn near every show this week. Homefield Apparel, if you don't know about them, go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Promo code TOC23. You're going to need to keep that one handy for the Ole Miss drop August 27th. It is going to be spectacular. I've seen a couple items. They are crispy and it the full line when it drops you are going to want to have that promo code handy for that 15 percent discount before you check out it is going to be nice it'll be just in time for college football you'll be able to rock your home field apparel Ole Miss swag at home during the week going to the gym going to the store whatever you will have the best Ole Miss merch in the business via Homefield Apparel. TOC23 is the promo code. Do not forget it. Put it on a sticky note. Write it on your hand. Whatever you got to do. August 27th. We are 10 days away from that drop. We uh, appreciate the good folks. Joshua, Connor, everybody at Homefield Apparel for being the title sponsor of this here show. All right. Last week, we gave our picks for win totals. We gave our locks. We got 12 of them. This week, we're going to dive into the SEC East. Austin, Nick are here with us. Ben is not here. He's uh, he's keeping the powder dry for the SEC West preview and talking Ole Miss. But gentlemen, good evening. I know we're probably going to be forced to talk about Georgia a good bit, but the East is going to be kind of fun. Yeah, I said it before we got started. The East is, is like... I don't. I don't think it's quite as as you know good at the West up, up top, but it's it's really no bad teams like we were talking before. Even Vanderbilt, they might sneak up and get somebody this year. So I'm excited for these. No, I agree. There, there's a little bit of a soft middle, but there's really not. the The worst team is probably probably going to be Vandy, although Florida may throw their name in the hat there. But those are, I think, going to be pretty competent football teams. Like it's not. It's not as good as the West, as Nick said, but it's it's also not bad. There there were years where that was a one team division. Um, now it's 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 going to be pretty competitive in that middle. Georgia, we'll get into it, but Georgia probably walks through it. But I'm interested to know who y'all think is going to wind up in that second slot. So before we get into it, Bill C's SP Plus projections. Georgia, 
No surprise, the number one team. Tennessee comes in at number six. This is where it gets kind of interesting per our buddy Bill. Florida is at 21. Kentucky is at 22. South Carolina, 33. Missouri, 34. And then Vandy, rounding out the East, all in the top 70. Vandy comes in at 69. Nice. Where, where, where was Missouri? Did you say Missouri? Missouri is at 34. Yeah, yeah. A lot of SEC teams from, like, number 15 to number 27. Mm-hmm. It's like half of the conference is between number 15 in the country and number 27. That – um. I think the Florida is probably rated so highly there just because they uh, those they don't have like bad why still I'm, I'm I mean I'm not saying it's right but their recruits probably still look pretty decent on paper because they're all Floridians you know like they're yeah. they're still signing pretty decent classes I don't think that they've got like low three stars in their classes I just felt like even how, the worst Florida class has has a lot but, of four stars but just how in the world it. it how in the world, in what world, is Florida a top 25 team with Graham Mertz at quarterback? Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't buy it. Um, okay. Man, you remember that one game Graham Mertz looked like yes. Joe Montana during yeah, COVID? First, first game of the year. Well, it was 2020, it was, right? Let me pull it yeah, up. Yeah, I think so. And everyone was like, oh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin back. Dude, he went like 15 for 15 or something crazy, didn't yeah. he? Like, just incredible. Was it against, was like, BYU? Okay, 20, or... 2020. Maybe, maybe in 2020, they're the COVID year. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up the game log. Speaking, by the way, while he's looking that up, the Florida, I mean, like, looking at their 2023 class last year, they're 12th overall. The transfer team transfer rank was 16th overall. They this always have guys on defense. Like, the top three recruits they signed last year, were all 95 or better on, on 247, and they were, you know, cornerback, defensive line, defensive line. There's just always defense, all these defensive guys. I mean, let's see, on three had them just as highly. Um, you know, they, they're always going to have defensive guys. I think, I think that's probably why they're rated so highly in Bill C. Yeah, they were 13th and on three, class score of 91, fifth in the SEC. Again, just defense, just defensive guys. I mean, that's all that they are. And so I don't, again, I don't think Florida. Florida's gonna be great. I just think the the talent's always there. I mean, when 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 did you watch Florida and you're just like, man, this team's devoid of talent? No, they've always got big dudes on defense. Okay, so Graham Mertz, it was against. I'm I'm assuming we're talking Illinois as the opener. They whipped the Illini forty five to seven. Graham Mertz was twenty for twenty one for two forty eight and five touchdowns. It's crazy. How many touchdowns? Five. <laughs> oh my gosh. You may not have five touchdowns through like eight games at Florida this year. I mean, uh, Anthony Richardson hardly did. I, Remember when I mean, that dude won the Heisman after one game? That was fun. <laughs> dude, that was like Kenny Hill back in the day. Really Kenny was. Trill. I forgot all about that. I just, <sighs> we, I mean, we don't have to go in any particular order. We can start here with Florida. I just don't buy it. I don't. I don't believe in Billy Napier at all. I don't think they're going to be any good. Um, And what have they done outside of recruiting really well, which, I mean, the ones they're recruiting right now aren't playing. Um, This is a 2023 class. 
I'm looking at. No, well, I, I was you're... I was talking about the 24 class. Like they're oh, yeah. they're recruiting like gangbusters right now. Um, yeah, it's, third. Jeez, wow. Florida State's gonna be really good. They got to play them. They got to play Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a tough schedule because of, because of having Florida State on there. So what? No, don't SP... look. Don't look. You know what their win total is? Uh, it's five. I know. I know it. So I'm I don't say. know it. Well, it's six. It's five and a half, isn't it? Five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right, know, so, man. You know, they, they SP beat, Plus they says they're playing year. the hardest schedule in the country. Well, I mean, SP Plus needs to look at hours, I think. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they do. They do travel to Utah. Sure. Okay. They That's don't a get loss. you know a home game obviously against Georgia. They do have LSU. I acknowledge that, and they also get you Florida know State. Florida State in non conference. But at the same time, they get Arkansas at home. It's about as good as you could ask for in your mm-hmm. other crossover opponent. Uh, they get Tennessee at home if they're going to have any chance. This is a, look at, listen to this opener. They go to to Utah. They come <laughs> home back home for McNeese. Sure, whatever. And then they they host Tennessee in week three. Loss. Good luck there. Good luck there. And then they have another three week stretch later in the year where they they have the the game against Georgia. Then they go they host Arkansas and then they go to LSU. So, yeah, that's some that's some tough stretches. I, maybe you're right. Maybe six is. Hmm. They're gonna have to beat a couple of Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri. Maybe all three of them. I find myself wanting to be contrarian on them, but I just I'm having trouble making like a a straight faced argument that they're going to be they're not going to be good. But five and a half is their lowest projected season win total ever, like of all time since you. Oh oh, god! So okay, like ask yourself: Is this the worst Florida team we've ever seen? I I don't think they're that bad, are they? No, no, but six and six. Yeah, I think they could. I think they could pull a six and six. I think they could pull a six. Well, they've got two built-in W's in Charlotte and a three. I guess if you're counting Vanderbilt, Charlotte and McNeese is is two easy ones. I think the problem is that lack of like a third mid-tier winnable Mm -hmm. non-conference game. But at the same time, look, I think Utah is going to beat them in Week One. I don't think that's like a hot take. I mean, Utah is going to be pretty good this year. I think the Pack's going to be pretty. Oh, they're going to be amped for that game too. Yeah, I mean they should be, and and honestly, Utah should have beat them last year in the swamp in the, in that first game. But Absolutely. at the same time, Florida did beat them last year in that first game. So I guess it wouldn't totally stun me if Florida came out was really good on the defensive line and did something like beat Utah in that first week. It just I get they did it last year, so I don't think it's crazy to think. And I, I, I I'm not to like your point, Nick. That line is on the move downward. It opened at like. It was at like nine and a half or ten when there was a chance that Rising big might number. play. Yeah, well, I think Rising. I don't know that he's actually been officially ruled out, but it seems really unlikely that he's going to go. And then this week, Utah's backup quarterback went down, so they may be on a third string quarterback. Um, now Utah's still really, really good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think they are far superior to Florida. I think they're better coached than Florida, but um, and of course, Florida's going to have to go to altitude. That's a really raucous environment. But on a third-string quarterback, if Napier – I mean, come on, man. You're going to lose to a third-string quarterback? Yeah, that that's – I didn't realize that about the third-string quarterback. I mean, you know, your team's only as good as your quarterback. There's a good news for Ole Miss is we got like six of them. Yeah, exactly. 
So here's where my issue is. So we already talked about Graham Mertz and how he's pretty mid. Um, Midest of mid. Uh, yeah. I, they, they have a couple good running backs. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne are good. Ricky Persall, slot guy. I mean, he's not an outside number one receiver that's going to, you know, decide games. But, I mean, they, they're replacing, I think, five offensive starters, a ton of, a ton of turnover at linebacker and in the secondary. Here's where my issue is. They have been, this is per Bill C at ESPN, they've basically been the same team over the past two years. They went six and seven in 2021 and then six and seven a year ago. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is a this is a Florida team. They got their doors blown off by Oregon State in a bowl game. And then yeah, look, was that like thirty-one to three or something? Did they get shut out? Oh, was it? Was, thir- was it like thirty-one nothing? And their they QBs looked bad out. in that game. Now I know that wasn't Mertz. I'm just saying their quarterbacks but, were bad in that game. I just so. They're playing four projected top 10 teams and nine projected top 40 teams. Uh, And I I just, I'm not buying it. I just do not think they're going to be good. And now what is Graham Mertz? Like, it's not like it's like, well, Graham Mertz was really good at at Wisconsin. No, like he was good for like one game, maybe two. Yeah. And is he is he going to get better in a better conference against a tougher schedule? Just just like looking at their schedule, I mean, it, it is it's kind of reasonable. I mean, they they go to Missouri, they go to South Carolina, they go to Kentucky. I don't, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Please don't put it in the paper that I said that this was going to happen. But I, I mean, like they could they could they could go three and nine. I mean, there are a lot of very losable. Yeah. I mean their their home games again are Tennessee and Florida State. I mean, they could easily lose those. Obviously, you know, they've got South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri on the road, like I just mentioned. A lot of those like toss up games for them are on the road. I, and I now I'm kind of leaning. Is it juiced pretty bad towards towards the under? Cause I'm kind of thinking that they might they might not get the five and a half. Man, you talk about hot seat for next season. If they win oh, five I, games, I oh think God. I think he might be gone if they win five games. That's why I've been telling y'all, and it's not something y'all don't already know or haven't picked up on. But I mean, they are recruiting like they are right now because I think Napier is like we got to get because they don't have a choice here. Yeah, they don't have a choice to yeah. keep like momentum and like buzz going because he knows how the fall is going to go. All right, Nick, I see under five and a half is plus one ten. Over five oh. and a half, over five oh. and a half minus one forty. Mm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm biting my hand here. Like this is a knuckle biter. So I just yeah. And people, if you are listening to a gambling podcast, you probably already know this, so forgive me. But like in college football, it's smart to play back toward the six because six wins just matters. Teams play yeah, for bowl yeah. eligibility. Coaches' contracts are structured such that bowl eligibility incentivize. You know, they get kickers for for bowl eligibility. So yeah, um, wins tend to cluster around that that number, around six. So it makes sense that the juice is going to be heavy over five and a half there. But when you go through the schedule, damn. 
And look, there's the other thing. Y'all mentioned about recruiting. They're, they don't have elite talent really anywhere on the field except running back. But their lines of scrimmage are not good. Their quarterback is bad. They don't have a receiver, which is yeah, no, wild for Florida to not have a receiver on their roster with re- receivers all over that state, and they can't find one. Um, their defense isn't great. They got some transfers that might be okay, but they're not going to be elite on that side of the ball. Uh, now, Napier's style is sort of you know ground and pound, take the air out of the ball, and with the new with the new clock rules, you know we may see a lot of running clocks and unders in Florida games. They may try to you know keep it tight by just playing keep away. I think that's really their only hope. But I don't know. It's a tough schedule. Five and seven. Also, it's going to come up a lot. Yeah, I do like the Memphis transfer they got, uh, Cam Jackson. He's a defensive lineman, 6'6", 355. He had a lot of power five interest. They got him. We haven't even talked about it. New defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He was at Southern Miss. Super aggressive, you know, yeah. Professor Chaos type defense down there uh, in Hattiesburg. Going to have better players, going to have better athletes. But again, you're mm-hmm. playing a tougher schedule. And it's a step up from Southern, man. Like, I think he's a good coach. I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a different game. Right. And the schedule is not kind. It's going to suck. Um, As we move on here from Florida, I mean, I am – I'm with y'all on, like, the over. Like, I think six and six is definitely attainable. But, man, like, it could spiral really quick. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and and my question, I get, and we can kind of go go talking into into Tennessee here, but if I'm going to go under on Florida, I need to know what you guys think on Tennessee, and they're over under one okay, total. I we'll think get to it at nine. But if Florida, you know, I mean that Florida State game at the end of the year is going to be tough. I know it's at home, but I think a, a game they they almost need to get to get to six and six, or especially if they want to have a chance at seven and five or eight and four is that Tennessee game. It's in week three. I'm just assuming they're going to lose to Utah in week one. They've got definitely tougher tests later with Florida, LSU, or excuse me, with Georgia, LSU, Florida State all coming up. But that Tennessee game right there in week three, if if you told me that they're losing that game, I kind of think I might go under six on them. I just I don't know how good you guys think Tennessee is going to be. I, I, I think they're going to be coming into a hornet's nest, though. Tennessee's probably going to be highly ranked at that point. I don't yeah. I haven't looked at their schedule yet. They're probably going to be two and zero when they travel to Florida. And I'm and unless Florida just gets their you know absolute brains beaten in versus Utah, I think it's going to be you know a pretty good sold out crowd down there in the swamp for Tennessee. And remember, and Florida almost got still be Tennessee. Hot. Yeah, 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 and, exactly. And, and Florida almost got Tennessee in Neyland last year. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as twenty to thirty percent? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- Nine five three eight four four nine, and get your free quote today. Let's jump into Tennessee here. 
on our over under win total show last week. I, I know I I caught a lot of strays on that one because y'all, are, if I remember correctly, y'all, yeah, <laughs> y'all aren't buying Joe Milton, and y'all don't think y'all think they're going to take a step back. I am um, not buying Joe Milton. Absolutely, no. I am selling I, Joe Milton. And I don't think, and I'm not necessarily like, you know, holding the you know a slip in my hand and just waving it on on Wall Street here, but. I think Josh Heupel is a really good coach. I think they've got enough weapons around him, and I think the defense will be solid enough to where they will be able to win. But for me, it's how are you going to replace Jalen Hyatt? Like, is Squirrel White going to be the dude? I know they've got Brew McCoy, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, two running backs that are back. They ran for over 1,600 yards and had 23 touchdowns a year ago. Um, and three of uh, last year's top five receivers are back, and they got it. Uh, Dante Thornton from Oregon. I think they're going to have enough playmakers. If Joe Milton can just, like, relax and not try to throw it 100 miles an hour on a, you know, six-yard slant, I think they're going to be fine. But but can um, he do that? He hasn't done it before. I mean, you know, what I'm sure. Saying? Like, in terms of slowing down, he's, now he's he shown he's shown the ability. Like his first start ever at Michigan in 2020, he threw for 225 yards and had a raw QBR of 94. After that, 37.2 the rest of the year. Oof. Lost the job to Cade McNamara, transferred to Tennessee. Then. He was a combined 18 for 35 for 189 yards against Bowling Green and Pitt. Took five sacks, got benched again, Hendon Hooker, the rest is history. Um, now, he had a good bowl game against Clemson. They they won the bowl game and all the hype around him. And, you know, he was at the Manning Passing Academy throwing at 80 yards, all of that. I think if they can reel him in, you know, Alex Alex Galesh is gone. He's He's at South Florida now. If Hypo and that staff can like keep him in check and just deep breaths, you know, work on your breathing and just take it easy, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, I think defensively, again, I think I think they will be good enough. And now, I, I what well, the the number was what nine and a half? I think they nine can and go half. ten and two, but if they go nine and three, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to be good. What's well, so, up? All right. Here's, here's my, and that's my not me saying thing. Joe Milton will be good. I just think collectively they will be good. So my, my follow-up to that is like, let's say they go nine and three. Let's just assume one of them is, is pretty obviously Georgia. Who were the other two? Because Bama. I, I mean, obviously Bama, but past that, some of the, the best Kentucky. game, but you know, you're looking at it. Two other tougher games might be, you know, well, obviously A and M, but at home, you got South Carolina at home. I, past that, I mean, I kind of think one of those losses. Yeah, I think South like, Carolina it's, beats them in Knoxville. Yeah, I'm I'm high on South Carolina this year. So I, I guess I I think my concern with with when you get a good team like 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 Tennessee who kind of starts the season on a run. Is they're ranked twelfth right now. They're beating Virginia. They're beating Austin P. Let's assume they're beating Florida. They're beating UTSA. A team like that that's four and zero. That's ranked about sixth in the country. I feel like their first slip up is not unexpected. If that makes sense, like their first slip up is going to be that big game against Alabama. 
That's why I don't think they're losing to South Carolina. I don't think they're losing to Tennessee either, which is why, well, like, just the more I look at it, the more I'm, I'm, I'm kind of seeing an over two, unless unless they are losing to someone like Florida earlier in the year. I don't think they're losing those biggish home games, like the South Carolina game when they're ranked seventh in the country, they're four and zero at home. I don't see that happening. And same thing with Texas A and M a week later. I think that that game that that following week at Alabama is like when they finally slip up. So I'm thinking over at this point. Y'all are overreacting to a like once in a 20 year sort of team that they put on the field last year. They they lost all those dudes that made that that team go. Like every guy that was a catalyst sure. for that team is gone. Um you know the last time Tennessee won 10 games outside of last year? 98. 98. 03. So it's been literally 20 years. Oh, that, I mean, was yeah, when... that, team, that team played for this. Time was that game. Eric Ainge? I think so. Um, so, like, I get it. And, and Zach, I don't disagree that they, I think you used the word fine a few times when you were describing how they go. I, I agree with that. I think they're going to be just fine, but 10 wins is better than fine. I mean, that's arguably contending for the East, depending on yeah. what Georgia's, you know, QB situation. Look, I expect Georgia to walk through the league easily, but I'm just saying if they're 10 and two, they're knocking on the door, depending on who those two are against, obviously. Uh, 10 and two makes them a, a contender. I, I don't think they're a contender. I just don't see how um, a program like this can lose the pieces they lost at those yeah. positions, at those positions, quarterback, tackle, receiver, defensive end, those those positions matter. Those are premium positions in the SEC and in college football now. They just are. And the people they have stepping in there, the dudes they've got to replace those guys are fine. As you said, Zach, they're they're solid players. They may be even like third team LSEC players. I think the the guy replacing the tackle they lost is a transfer from Miami who was banged up all of last year, who's I think a you know highly touted recruit, but I don't. He's not really put it on film yet. He's not. We've not seen what he's got. We certainly haven't seen him in the SEC. I don't think Brew McCoy is is Hyatt. Um, I don't think Milton. You talk like the drop off from Hooker to Milton is steep. Yeah, That's steep. I agree with that. And as we talked about in the locks pie last week, and I locked in Tennessee under. I think Hooker's legs were underrated last year. Mm-hmm. His accuracy was it was underrated, but he bailed them out quite a bit on second and medium, third and long. Um, scrambling for the first down or, or putting them in down in distances, which were manageable. Milton is not going to do that. He's just not, he's built like Cam Newton, but he doesn't run like Cam Newton. That's not him. He's not that player. Um, I think Tennessee's backs are fine. Um, but defensively, I don't think they've taken a step. I think they're going to be basically what they were last year on defense, which is to say not great, but not terrible. They're going to be middle of the pack and all relevant metrics. I think A&M is losable. I think Kentucky is losable. Yeah, I think, that's all I was fixing to get to. I think Georgia is a loss. I think Bama's a loss. And then you're just asking for, you know, I mean, who knows what you're going to get with Carolina. South Carolina dog-walked them last year. I don't think Carolina's going to go into Neyland and do that again, but it's possible. Who's a better quarterback right now, Joe Milton or Rattler? Well, sure, sure, yeah. it's Rattler. I, yeah. you know, the more I look at it, the more I kind of think, you, and you mentioned you t- you you touched on the Kentucky game. I'm seeing it's the week after the Alabama game. Yeah. Oh man, I think that I think that Kentucky team might actually be sneaky decent. Leary's I think is a pretty good quarterback. 
honestly, I think he's kind of a step up from what they had last year. I know he is. He's better than Levis. Mm. And I know we, we we all know who the best single player in the SEC is, or at least most explosive player. Yep. John Brown from Kentucky. Well, <laughs> Judkins is insane. Explosiveness, it's it's Brown from Kentucky, and it's probably yeah. not even. Cl- I can't. I can't even think of a a close second. That guy is absolutely electric. He's going to be returning kicks in the NFL one day. I mean, it, 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 more than that, probably. The guy's insane. He's so, Devin Hester. Yeah. Nick is saying he's Devin Hester. Or better. I mean, he did a he did a pretty good <laughs> impression of he did a pretty good impression of Hester against Ole Miss last year in special teams. Yeah, yeah. The guy's insane, and it's the week after the Alabama game. Let's just, for example, let's say that they they start the season six and zero, and then they go into Bama and just kind of get routed. I mean. You know that they're going to be thinking, oh man, the, the all we have left to play for is that Georgia game now. That's our whole season. We've got to beat Georgia. We've got to beat Georgia. And I'm, I, you know, don't let Bama beat you twice. And they got to go back on the road to Lexington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, now I'm, I'm, I'm switching now. They're definitely going under, <laughs> under, under nine and a half. Lock it in. All right. Let's go to Kentucky. Um, a lot of buzz up there. Y'all mentioned Devin Leary, Liam Cohen's back. I mean, the offense was was pretty pretty gross awful. to watch last year. It was terrible. It was it was awful bad. to watch. Their O line I mean, was bad, really bad. O line was bad. I mean, you were talking about Barry Brown and how explosive he was. I mean, look in the Ole Miss game, they get in the red zone, and you know, basically Ole Miss sealing the game, and they don't get the ball to Barry Brown. Um, yeah which I think everybody in the building, everybody watching on television thought it was going to Barry and Brown. It did not happen. And Tavius Robinson happens and the game's over. Um, but it's pretty, pretty crazy what they've been able to do with stoops. Yeah. Um, over the past five years, they've had as many defenders picked in the first three rounds of the draft as they had in the 28 years before that. They've had six players picked in the first three rounds in the last five years. Um, last year, they were fourth in defensive SP+. Plus. Pretty young group. Uh, Dion Walker, Jordan Lovett are back. Um, they hardly ever blitzed, but they were really sound fundamentally, tackling in space, zone coverage, um, they never wavered with that. I mean, last year against Ole Miss, I mean, I keep going back to that because, you know, we this is an Ole Miss podcast and we watched that one, you know, deep dive in that matchup and that game. They basically forced Jackson Dart and company to play in front of them. And that's when, you know, Quinchon Jenkins and Zach Evans took over and they just kind of ran the football. Um, I don't know. I, I think Kentucky is probably going to be a seven and five, eight and four ish team at best. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm just kind of going off vibes. I think Liam Cohen coming back after a year hiatus in the NFL is going to be big for their offense. I do like Devin Leary. I don't know if he's better than than Will Levis. Uh, Talent wise, maybe not, but maybe as a better quarterback, I could buy that. Maybe I, I better. Think he's definitely going to look better because of the OC. Like, like Levis. I mean, Levis might be Josh Allen next year in the NFL. I don't expect well, he, it. Well, he, but well, he got hurt today. He got carted off. 
yeah, it's not not looking great there. But the the point is, is that the the OC did him no favors. Like mm-hmm. Leary, if Leary is worse this upcoming year than Levis was last year for Kentucky, they're going like four and eight. Because I mean, watching Will Levis, he didn't do anything for me. But looking through their schedule, you want to talk about some cupcakes? They opened the season: Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron. Win, win, win. Then they get Vanderbilt. Let's, I mean, win. the over under, by the way, is six and a half. We're at they're almost there right now. Yeah, they're almost yeah, there. Why did anybody take them in a lock? Jesus. Yeah, what we think because they end the season with with Louisville, and now it's on the road. Sure, but and I acknowledge <laughs> they get Bama as their other East team. So yeah, that's you know that's the, the West, home game West that team. they. Yeah, they're other West team, but I mean. Again, let's assume four and over the non-con. I've got to get three. Yeah, from that can happen. Vandy, Missouri, an MSU team that is you know probably not fit for uh, you know their offense. They get Florida at home. Um, I mean, I don't Here's, see how any way this team's not it, it, yeah. seven wins. Here's my thing. So Liam Cohen was there when Kentucky had a top fifty offense. Um. That's the only top 50 offense they've had in seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, we already That's talked about tough. Barry and Brown. Um, and Leary was really good in 2021. He had a top 30 total QBR. Regressed last year and then got hurt. So you have to think he's had plenty of time to get healthy and plenty of time to learn the playbook. And you just... Uh, Kentucky's averaged eight wins a year over the past half decade. Mm-hmm. You have to think that he is going to be as good or better than Will Levis and Liam Cohen being in Lexington is, is should certainly make a difference. I mean, yeah, it's seven, five, eight, and four. I mean, that's seems to be easy money in Kentucky, right? Yeah. And look, let's set aside the question of whether Leary is better than Levis. I'm with Nick in that. I think the offensive coordinator is a huge upgrade. So, you know, that's a positive for Leary. The other thing is Kentucky knew they were bad on offensive line last year, and they went out and hit the portal, picked up guys from Northern Illinois, West Virginia, Southern Cal. They got a Juco kid in. So I think their offensive line is going to be better this year as well. Um, Jaeger Burton's back. Look, they also grabbed Vandy's running back, who, you know, there yeah. was it Ray Jenkins kid. He's yeah. pretty good. You know, we saw him firsthand. I, I, I like him as a back. They always seem to have a capable running back room. They always seem to have a couple guys that can go, you know, at that position. So I dude, I think seven is easy money. Yeah. Uh I can't remember which I'm one of you said that. We we probably should have locked that in on the lock spot last week. But um look, I think they're a real threat to knock off. Tennessee I think they may be better than Florida uh this may be the number two team in the east oh they're better than Florida yeah I I mean like okay let's let's count Alabama and Georgia as losses let's count even Mm -hmm. even Tennessee as losses past that who's their most likely loss probably South Carolina on the road I was gonna say let's get into it here um we should mention by the way they're off of a bye when they host Tennessee Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tennessee has Tennessee goes to Alabama, right? And then comes back to Lexington. That's that's a loss, man. Yeah. All right. So y'all are talking about they could potentially be the number two team in the East. 
I think it's Tennessee, but I also think that South Carolina, they're just hiding in the shadows, waiting to fuck shit up. (laughs) I'm just telling you, I think Beamer has got something going there. We knew, we talked about when he was hired. He's a player's coach. Um, he he kind of like toes the line. I think this is a big time nod to his to his father. He's like an old school, like program manager CEO, but then he's got that flair of like he's young, he's in touch with things that are you know he's very online, as yeah. uh as the kids would say, but he players love him. Like they didn't, he, he retained a lot of old heads that could have gotten in the portal. Um, like Dak Joyner is like a big one. Like that dude was a four-star quarterback, stayed home, picked South Carolina, lost the job. He could have easily got in the portal and, you know, took his ball and gone home. He stayed in South Carolina. He basically plays whatever they want him to. He plays some running back, plays some receiver. He'll do some wildcat stuff. Um, I mean, I think that's a perfect example of of what Beamer and that culture that they've built there, um, where it, it, they've got a ton of buzz on the recruiting trail. I mean, they ended the year. I mean, they lost a tough one in the in the bowl game to Notre Dame in a shootout, but I mean, they whipped Tennessee. I think Rattler's going to be even better this year. He's going to be more comfortable. I mean, very similar to a Jackson Dart, where another year in the system another year removed from the pressure of the former school you were at, whatever. Um, They've got a ton of weapons. Uh, I I like Juice Wells, the receiver. He could be a a consensus first-team All-SEC guy. And the defense has been good at South Carolina for the last couple years. I mean, maybe not on paper and statistics and analytics, but they've got the dudes. They've got blue chip guys in the front seven. I, I don't know. I, I think South Carolina could really turn some heads this year. All right. Can I give you the case for concern if you're South Carolina? Yes, please. Okay. So the market is at six and a half, right? Which now I think market, is crazy. So see, that's the thing is that the market's not always right. It's there are sure. often inefficiencies in the market, especially in college football. There are a lot of teams and you know injury reports aren't public and these are college kids and you just never know in a lot of cases but market consensus is worth something and it would worry me that even after they finished the year in the way they did by destroying tennessee going on the road and beating clemson that was on the road right um yeah the market sees that they the market saw rattler's performance they saw him look like you know a heisman candidate in those games, and, and rather than doing what they did for Tennessee, which is you know they they reset expectations with Tennessee, the market came back and said, "Look, we think Tennessee's back. We're going to put them in this almost elite tier." The market for South Carolina said, "Yeah, we're not convinced." Six and a half. Now, the books could be wrong. The market could be wildly wrong. But I think what the market is reflecting is just the potential for variance with South Carolina. I think they are the team with maybe the most variance or the potential for variance in the SEC this year, certainly in the East, but I think in the SEC period, I think they go as Rattler goes. And because he's been so inconsistent throughout his career, 
people are just taking a wait and see approach, and I can't really blame them. I mean, Zach, I hear if he's the dude that played against Tennessee, then they're like yeah. a nine win team, potentially like an eight or nine win team. If he's the dude that played in a lot of other games over the course of his career, you know, the floor is more like five or six. Um, you talk about what they retained and uh, were able to, you know, they were able to use NIL to fight off some some teams for a couple of key pieces. They also lost a couple of key pieces, uh, one of which was a five-star guy on the defensive line who transferred to Oregon. It's hard to replace those dudes. You know, South Carolina doesn't have five-star guys up and down their roster. Almost doesn't either. I'm not, you know, it's not a knock. It's just a reality. Like, when you lose a five-star, it's tough to sustain that loss uh, for a team like South Carolina. So, I wouldn't touch this number either way, just because I don't know what I'm getting with Spencer Rattler. They've got a new offensive coordinator. Their OC last year was bad, really bad at times. But honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not in I'm not in love with their OC hire this year. So is he better than the old guy? Probably. But how much better? I don't know. And is he better than, you know, a lot of the defensive coordinators he's gonna face? I'm not sold on that. I, I don't know what we'll see. I just have no idea what to do with this team. My like looking at their their schedule, it, it's it's sort of tough. I mean, they open with a top twenty five North Carolina team in a neutral site game. They're going to close hosting Clemson, and I, I get it. That's at home, but I mean, that's a it's a pretty good Clemson team. I think you know, obviously, still pretty talented, and also they remember last year. You've also got Texas A and M coming in from the West, uh, and obviously, we know you know about Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, a little bit of a concern for me is is when getting to that over six wins, which I honestly lean towards the over six and a half, but is that you've really only got two built-in W's it, 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 out, out of conference. Obviously, Vanderbilt, I think, is a, is a win here. But you've got Jacksonville State, and then you've got Furman. I, you know, yeah. having Clemson and North Carolina bookending the schedule, two of the top, what, three teams in the ACC, that's a concern for me. You know, and mm-hmm. going to Texas A&M, going to Missouri, those are some – it's just it's just kind of week after week after week of, like, they host Florida, probably should win that game. They go to Missouri, tough game. They go to Texas A&M, tough game. It's just back-to-back-to-back to back to back of kind of difficult games. It's hard to win that many coin flips in a row. I mean, that, it's just ultimately yeah. how it is. But, I mean, I do have a question, Zach. You may know a little bit. But this, this is in Nichols Harbor. This guy – Oh yeah, he I was watched, number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Well, it's because you're a freak. I watched I watched him run the the hundred meter dash. And <laughs> now, in fairness, the guy next to him actually was a short king. He was like five six, and <laughs> and he beat him by it was I think he ran a ten three two, and the other guy ran a ten three three. So I mean, it was like really close. That guy with him was very small, but this guy looks like a different species running the one hundred meter dash. I mean, he's like 6'5", 230, I think. He's he's going to be playing tight end. They 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 talked about he could go both ways. He's going to run track, I guess, in South Carolina. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. I don't I, I don't know how he's not like first team All American as a freshman. As he just looks like the best player in the country. I've never seen a guy that looks like this this out of out of high school. I mean, he looks like a different type of player. Yeah, he. So they have him listed as an athlete. On the on the roster. On the roster is crazy. Um, yeah, six five, two thirty, two time yeah. Gatorade player of the year in the District of Columbia. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to do some tight end. Um, I mean, he might even be an edge guy at, so, at certain points. I mean, he's just so explosive, so athletic. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to tune in to South Carolina football, at least tune in for for Nicholas Harbor. I mean, he's he's a freak, literally. Um, all right, let's... Oh, by, by the way, his father is a contamination control engineer at the Nat- <laughs> NASA... Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, uh, Maryland. His mom also is a physicist, and his sister graduated from Penn State. Since he wants to major in either medicine or engineering, so do you? Do you think they've seen Oppenheimer? <laughs> that guy's lived Oppenheimer. It sounds like. <laughs> uh, Maybe right, this is um, what happens in the in like the fallout of one of those bombs is people come out. Six five, two hundred thirty pounds from an angle three three. Yeah, <laughs> this is stupid. Um, yeah, I, um, man, there was a joke in there, but I'm I'm not even gonna broach that. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think I had a similar thought, and I was like, yeah, not doing that. Yeah, we'll 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 take it in post. Um, all right, talking about um, you know, potential bombs. I don't really know what to make of Missouri. Um. Could be, could be a bomb. I I don't know. Brady Cook, is he the guy? Um, they brought in Jake Garcia from Miami, who was a highly touted guy. Never did anything for the Canes. How and is he still playing college football? I, I don't know. I think he's only. I think he's only in his like. I think he could play three more years. I was just, I was gonna say COVID. Does he have what? a COVID year? Because he was like the guy that, um, he was from. He's from out west, right? He's from out and west the, and transferred to Valdosta. He yeah, is his a family. sophomore, Austin. That's not possible. Yeah, he I'm was thinking from about California. the same dude. This dude's like Jeff Garcia at this point. <laughs> 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 yeah, not to be confused with uh, Dylan Rayola, who was from Arizona that is now at Buford high school. He will be at Georgia next year, but yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of Mizzou Drinkwitz, I feel like is just going to kind of be fine for a while. And to me, it's how long will that the powers that be in Columbia, Missouri put up with mediocre seven win yeah. seasons. Cause they are, really shelling out the NIL money. Now they've got a built-in advantage in that state. You can see that. And they got the number one overall player in the country and Williams, the Wannery, And then they're in line to get Ryan Wingo another five star. Um, they're in line to get their commitments. Let's, let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that they could get that Missouri NIL money and then exactly bounce in a year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like who's the quarterback. Um, you know, what, what is the offense going to look like? Uh, they've got a couple, a couple veterans, um, Cody Schrader, Nathaniel Pete combined for almost 1400 yards from scrimmage. I mean, they've got the all world guy in Luther burden who has got potato chips named after him. Um, he was a five-star he's a slot guy. And then does, does anybody squander talent at receiver the way no, Missouri squanders Missouri, talent? Yeah. Dude, I was talking the other remember day Dora about Becker, Beckham Green. But, remember that guy? 
Yeah, Doriel, uh, Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, sorry, Green Beckham. Which I, I did a trivia question with a bunch of people. No one got it. He held the record for most receiving yards at the high school level, career receiving yards. Do you know who broke his record? Mm. I think I told y'all, but maybe not. I don't have a clue. Yeah, no idea. It was Trey Quinn huh. who went to LSU and then yeah. transferred out to SMU his last year. He's still in the yeah. league. But, yeah, he was really? at Barb High School in Louisiana and broke the record. But, um, okay. yeah, I mean, is Luther Burden going to take a jump sophomore year? Um, they lost uh, Dominic Lovett to Georgia. Barrett Bannister's gone. Um, but they brought in Theo Weiss from Oklahoma. Dennis mm-hmm. Jackson from Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He is at Missouri now. Um. I don't know. I mean, what's the schedule look like? Do you have the schedule pulled up? Yeah. For yeah. So schedule, they've got two, two week. I'm not even going to, you know, no offense here. They have middle Tennessee and they got South Dakota. And I don't, I don't foresee that being an issue, but I kind of yeah. think the rest of the non-conference is a little tricky. Yeah. They're in trouble they're gonna, week three. Yeah. They're going to get Kansas state at 11 a.m. I'm sure it'll be hopping. Is that in Manhattan? There. No, it's it. It's in Missouri. So it's okay. 11 a.m. Sleepy kick. And the next the Wildcats week, will man, travel. Oh, absolutely. And the next week is a game, and it is just like, at this point, what are you doing scheduling this game? They travel to Memphis the next week. Well, it's neutral. It's neutral against Memphis. Yeah, it's in uh, St. Oh, Louis. Are they, oh, they're meeting in Jonesboro? Okay. It's in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. The they're dome. paying back that game from a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. It was a well, home I, and home, and then I think COVID happened. Okay. That makes a lot more sense, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to ever play in St. Louis. I mean, Memphis it makes is more sense that they're not going to Memphis. Yeah, I don't think Memphis is going to be great. I thought the game was at Memphis. That that materially changes things, I guess. The point is, is that getting the six, getting the seven wins, they've got LSU from the West. Nope. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's bad. And then they travel mm-hmm. to Arkansas, and nobody, Ooh. not even Missourians, like going to Arkansas in late November. It is. Oh, I mean, God. nobody enjoys it's that be game. Forty-two degrees and raining. There won't be a ray of sunshine in the Are whole they entire War state. Memorial? No, it's it's in Fayetteville <laughs> this year. Uh, by the way, just and we'll talk about this next week. I looked at, Fayette, at Arkansas' schedule. Um, their home games they open with three of uh, the first of which is at War Memorial. Then they get three home <laughs> games. They have what? three weeks where they're on the road, a home game against Mississippi State, three more weeks where they're not at home, but between buys and, and road games. And a game in Arlington, and then three home games to end the year. I've never seen anything like that before. They have one home game from September 16th to November 12th. Mm. It's it's that's a crazy schedule. I mean, we'll again we'll talk about I feel that like we week. say that every, we say this every year about Arkansas schedule. Like, it, it's weird because it's not even uh they're not even missing an SEC home game. Like the it, it's they're actually missing a road game, so it should be better. But yeah. I've just never seen a schedule where you open with a with your triple header, one, you know, middle of the season game, and then end with the triple header. It's just that's bizarre, um, and that mess beside the point. Just Arkansas obviously is not a place where Missouri is going to be great at. I looking at that schedule, it's kind of tough. I mean, it really is, especially you know with that Kansas State game. Getting to seven wins requires them winning at Kentucky. Can they do that? No, I don't know. Can they beat Florida or South Carolina at home? Maybe they've got to beat them both at home, you know? 
Look, that Florida that Florida game is tricky for Florida, which we should have mentioned when we were talking about the Gators. That that trip to Missouri in late November will be before their game against FSU. Yeah. You, you could get a sleepy Florida team late in the year. But look, by that point, Mizzou may have checked out. They may have quit if they – because look, Mizzou will be coming off of at Georgia hosting Tennessee when they get Florida on November 18th. So mm-hmm. that might be like just a matter of like who, who has quit more, Florida or Mizzou, on November 18th. Uh, that'll be interesting. But like you said, at Arkansas to close the year, yeah, it's a tough schedule. It really is, and again, like – I don't know. We are all pretty plugged in. Now I'm not saying we're experts on the SEC East or Missouri football, but like we, we all pick games every week. We are college football sickos. And even we are just like, you know, shoulder shrug emoji. Like who knows yeah. Yeah. what Drinkwitz is going to have. Cause like they, as far as I know, they haven't decided on a quarterback. There's some options there. They got. Let's be real though; they don't really have one. Like whoever they pick, it doesn't really matter. That right. they're going to be like the 13th or 14th best quarterback in the SEC, right? Yeah, I mean Luther Burden is a stud. There's sure. no question about that. But like, who can get him the ball? Um. So and yeah, the schedule's not kind. I I, I do think that they can get six or seven but it's just going to be a slog. It's going to be tough week in, week out. Um, so did we mention that they lost love it to Georgia. Did we say that? Yeah, I did mention that. Um, yeah, but picking up Weiss, you know, I, I don't think he's as good as love it, but that's a, that's a good, no. Pick and look, just, Dennis, ja- make all the jokes you want. Dennis Jackson averaged over 20 yards per reception. at Ole miss. Yeah. He flashed a couple again. Look against Tennessee. He came up big, Yeah, um, big, big touchdown right in front of us. Dennis has um, always had, Potential that was never the problem with Dennis. No, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's one of those where, hey, we could look up in November, and Missouri could be closing in on an eight and four year, or they could be battling to get to a six and six bowl game. Um, so it feels uh, like six six and six. I don't know. I don't know which six they get and which six they lose. I feel pretty confident that they lose LSU at Kentucky, at Georgia, and Tennessee. So that's one, two, three, four certain L's. Then at Arkansas feels unlikely, and Kansas State is certainly not a for sure W. Um, South Carolina at home is not a for sure W. So no, yeah, you know the floor the is probably kind of tough. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, anywhere from four and eight to seven and five, you could convince me of any of those, like anything in between. Um, all right. So look, we're, come on. We're not going to spend a ton of time on Vandy. Um, and we can close the show with, with Georgia here. I I think, I mean, unless y'all have some, some reservations about Vandy. No, I'll just say the number seems a little low on Vandy. I mean, if you are really a sicko, like three and a half feels a touch low. I think Vandy is not going to be good by any stretch. I think they will be improved though. Um, yeah. They're starting to get some guys and develop some depth. Again, yeah, they're, yeah. Not a, they're probably not a bowl team, but three and a half is really low when you have Hawaii 
Alabama A&M, UNLV on the schedule, that's yeah. three. That's three. You just got to find one at Wake. Mizzou is in Nashville. You know, maybe you get Florida. We talked about this off air earlier. Tricky spot for Auburn going to Vandy mm-hmm. late in the year, November 4th. Uh, who, does, have... who does Auburn play before and after that game? Okay, so the run up to the Vandy game for Auburn, they have at LSU, they have Ole Miss at Auburn, they have State at Auburn, then they go to Vandy, and then the next week they have to go to Arkansas. So, so Vandy is stuck in there between LSU, Ole Miss, State, and Arkansas. Vandy squeaks in there in the middle. It's just one that could be really sleepy, man. At that point in the year, let's say Auburn has not had the season they had hoped for, and Vandy is on the upswing. I wouldn't be shocked. And let's be real. Hugh Freeze has lost to worse teams than this Vanderbilt team. Oh, yeah. Vandy will be fine. They just have to play in the SEC, so it's going to suck. But A.J. Swan is a good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. He can can go. He he played well against Ole Miss. He played well against South Carolina. I saw saw him live against South Carolina, and he made some some really good throws. Look, he's and, better than Mizzou's quarterback. Yeah, and don't look, don't look now, but they return, I think, their top four wideouts from a year ago. And Will Shepard is a dude. Yeah. I don't know how Vandy kept him there. He must really care about education. Oh, um yeah. I think they I, picked I think, up a Notre Dame transfer at linebacker, too. They've got some guys. I mean, again, it's Fandy. They're, I'm not telling you they're going to win eight games, but their total's three and a half. I think that's so disrespectful. Surely they can win four games. Three and a half, it, we're just looking at how bad their non-conference is, is sort of wild. And okay. don't forget, too, they're going to have an extra bye week in there. Yeah, so, they get two bye weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, it helps a little bit with, with keeping your legs late in the year when you don't have a ton of depth. Yeah. I'll tell you this right now. Kind of thinking about actually placing a bet on over. I think they're winning one of consecutive home games against Kentucky and Missouri. I think they're going to win. And I know we just talked about Kentucky might actually be sneaky decent. But I I think they're winning one of those two games. And I think they're getting that comfortably over three and a half. I think they they clip Mizzou. Yeah. What's the juice on that? It's got to be like 170. Yeah. Let me see. (laughs) God. Having a, like having to sweat a Vandy over, like God, oh, I you're can't not sweating wait for, though because it's can't it's, wait for college football season. You're gonna know before October first because they've got Hawaii, Alabama, A&M, Wake, UNLV, Kentucky, Missouri. If they're getting it, it's coming in those first six games. Vandy could low key start the season five and one, guys. Yeah, so that three and a half is pulpy as hell. Minus one seventy five. I figured. I figured. And and then it's it's brutal in the back half of the year. The consecutive weeks they're going to travel to Florida, and then obviously they've got uh, next week they've got a uh, uh, Georgia, and then they've got a bye week. Then they've got Ole Miss. It it gets bad. Then they finish the year at South Carolina, at Tennessee. That's brutal. Look, here's what I would do. If you have a book that lets you buy up win totals, win totals are typically people say they're worth between sixty and seventy five cents. Um, on the number, if you could buy it up to four, I would go over four at like, you know, minus 110 if you could get juice down that low. 
minus 125 over four. Yeah, yeah, because they're not they're not winning three. No. I, I just I mean, I think they're gonna they would if you got it at four, they're either pushing or they're going over. Mm-hmm. I mean, three is is winning your first three or first four games and they're not winning another one. How good is Wake this year? I, I mean they're that's a good not question. Be good. I don't think they're gonna be I mean, Hartman's no. gone. Help me with this. It says the game starting at that game is starting at 10 a.m. 10 Central. Yeah. 10 what? Central? Eight eight Pacific six yeah. Hawaiian? Why? I don't know, man. I can't wait to watch that though. 10 a.m. <laughs> Have a cup of coffee. Watch Vandy Battle world? Wake. Are they playing that in like Ireland? It's it's in it's in Winston in Salem. Winston Salem. So it's eleven local, which is what we should do to those. East Coast schools, they should have to play. Our, they should have to, you know, go through our plight of playing yeah. at 11 a.m. games. That's that's early for the rest of the country. The one hang up for me, Vandy was 94th in defensive SP plus last year. We we saw it firsthand with the Ole Miss game. They hung around. It was cute early, and then better athletes took over, and they just can't. Yeah, yeah. they just can't last. But they could be spunky here and there, and. Yeah, the three and a half is pretty disrespectful. I would take the over. Yeah. It's Man, really because dis- a- Hawaii is one of the worst teams in FBS, and yeah. Alabama and AM is probably one of the worst teams in FCS. Yeah. And then UNLV is not good. I mean, they may no, be good in time with Barry Odom out there, but they're not good. So that's three. Like you're at three without breaking a sweat. Man, this is so much Vandy content. We're a Vandy pod. Wait, wait, yeah, too I mean, much. And, and honestly, we've, we've previewed the whole East. That's That's every team. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. 
BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talking Champions Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's pretty insane, just the whole scope of that game. And one, because I think it's going to be the first ranked matchup for Georgia. And Georgia fans are probably kind of like thinking, like, what is going on? Like, Ole Miss is our best home game. But the ticket allotment thing is pretty wild. Yeah, so... You said first ranked game. It it will almost certainly be, assuming we're ranked, the first ranked game of the year. Unless Tennessee Martin is ranked or Ball State that I'm not aware of. But South Carolina, if they if they were to get ranked, it's too early. And then it's UAB, it's Auburn, Kentucky, Vandy, Florida, Missouri. There it's if we're ranked, it will be the first ranked game of the year for them, which is you know, they're fortunate that they're probably gonna be twelve and zero because In if November. they were eleven and one. That's not a team that deserves to go to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, with only two ranked wins, only two ranked games. I mean, the non-conference is just absolutely brutal. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia Tech. Even if Georgia Tech is much improved off of last year, it's still a pretty weak Power 5 team. And then the other three teams you played are just, you know, borderline FCS. But, yeah, so I was on – I was browsing uh, for tickets, and I thought, well, Ole Miss, you know, ends up getting tickets back from other schools, and we still have some tickets for our road games. I was like, maybe I'll go and see if LSU still has some tickets to the Ole Miss game, for example, because I don't have LSU tickets yet. And so I went to LSU's website. They're 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 sold out. And I was like, well, let me just go and check. Maybe for some reason Georgia still has a couple tickets available to the Ole Miss game. I'll just see what you know if I have to sit in the Georgia section, whatever. And so I went to the website and browsed, and it had like allotments that you could, if Kentucky is coming to to Athens and they didn't sell all their tickets, you can buy some of those tickets back. And it had pretty much for every one of their home games, they did not, the away team did not sell their entire allotment except for the Ole Miss game. And there was zero extra tickets available. Ole Miss sold everyone that was given. And then later it said like faculty staff can get tickets whenever they don't sell out games. And for all but two games, any faculty and staff could get a ticket. And then for other two games, it was like you had to be above a certain threshold for the Ole Miss game. Zero faculty and staff were able to get tickets. And the they have a, a weird point system, but you had to be like 150,000 points in the Georgia Hartman Fund or whatever it is to get tickets to the Georgia game on their website at this point. It's essentially totally sold out. Not It's not, it's not going to be as big as the Tennessee game for them last year. 
but it's going to be a pretty big game. I mean, like easily their biggest game in Athens this year. I mean, easily, especially, you know, because Ole Miss kind of thinks it's going to be a big deal. Ole Miss has got a big, you know, Georgia contingent. I think it's going to be, you know, if Ole Miss can be two losses or better when they get to that point, a huge game. Oh, that's a that's a primetime game because the time hasn't been set for that one, right? Correct? No, no, no. It's a ways away. And I, you know, the problem is, is that Ole Miss has both LSU and Alabama before that game. So, you know, there's a lot of lot opportunities for losses out there, but still, you know, this could be a really, really big game. And, you know, Georgia's biggest home game of the year. We haven't faced a number one team in the country that wasn't Alabama in a good little while, I feel like, either. When was the last one? Uh, Florida, maybe, in like 2008. Because I think, was 2008 Florida number two or one? I I thought they were number one, but, I mean, it's it just kinda... we just don't get many big games that are not right. against Alabama. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Our, the East team we play is never this highly rated. Yeah, and – Look, I'm I'm still trying to figure out the ticket situation because we got the Airbnb locked in. And Same. I'm kind of to the point now where it's like, so it's me and, and three buddies are going. And, you know, of course, we're like, well, I've been to Sanford Stadium. I've been to Athens, but these guys have not. So they're like, well, let's let's get good seats. And surprisingly, last year when we went to College Station, they weren't that expensive. But like this one, I mean, this is a team that's going for a three-peat. They sell out damn near every game. Man, it's going to be expensive. And I'm almost to the point now because I've been looking at ticket sites and kind of just keeping an eye on it. It's not going down at all. So at this point, I'm like, we, I would be fine with just rolling the dice and trying to scalp because people are going to scalp. It's going to happen. Um. Now, I'm normally operate under the notion of I hate scalping because I like to know that I have that taken care of beforehand and I don't have to worry about it. But, man, it's expensive right now. Yeah, no, it's crazy out there right now. It really is, which is I think it's just a testament to the Ole Miss. I mean, you know, kind of like the hype kind of around the season and around, yeah. you know, the, the coach and just where we are well, at yeah. all that we're, we're that team this year. Right. Well, I was going to say a lot of credit goes to Ole Miss too, because Kiffin's got a lot of cachet. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of thinking that Ole Miss has a chance to have a special season. Um, but yeah, I mean, in your, in your best Olivia Rodrigo voice, I mean, damn, it's, it's brutal out here. <laughs> I mean, the, the tickets are, I mean, the cheapest I've seen for like a modestly lower level is around like 320 per ticket. Yeah. And it's, I, it's only going to get more expensive if, if, if I had to guess, um, but sheesh, um, yeah, we don't have to do it. We don't have to do a deep, deep dive on Georgia. I mean, they're going undefeated. I was just going to say, yeah, does anybody want to make a case at worst? Yeah. That they're not going to run the table. Anybody want to make that case? All right. So let's, let's, let's just operate under the assumption that they lose to one of Ole Miss or Tennessee, it would probably need to be Tennessee just to say we kept them out of the title game because if they mm-hmm. lose to Ole Miss, it doesn't matter because they're going to you know go six and zero against the East. 
um, or five and yeah, six and zero against the East. But let's say they lose to Tennessee, I guess, and, and I don't. That's not going to happen. But let's say it happens, they're not in the college ball playoff, right? This the schedule's pitiful. I think they're going to still find a way in it. And it's so hard to say in a vacuum. I mean, tell me what everybody else does. Like, what's yeah. what is what's the big right. teams winner? Well, okay, is... if if Tennessee's in it, I have to assume. You know, if Tennessee and Bama are in it, then I guess the the there's no way, right? I mean, three SEC teams would be crazy. Right, right. I agree but with that. I just, I just looking at the, I don't care, I don't care if unless there's every other team in the country's got three losses, it doesn't matter to me. The schedule is too weak. You have to try to schedule somebody. They're going to get a giant benefit of the doubt though after oh, having 100%. Back, oh, to back to back, and the, and giving them a chance to be, you know, the first team since what Minnesota in the 30s. To yeah. three peat. I mean, that yeah. will be a huge draw. Uh, so I think you're right, Nick, but God, let the Big Ten slip up or, you know, USC lose a game or Texas right. lose two. I don't know. I mean, it, I, it would be crazy to think that three teams could get in from the SEC. Right. So I, I guess it's possible, though. Or maybe whoever that second team, you know, whoever the, the, the winner of the West is. If they happen to be a two-loss team, maybe right. they get bumped in favor of a one-loss Georgia. I, I just I get I, 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 the twelve-team playoff is good for Ole Miss. Objectively, it's a good thing. We'd have made a couple in the last decade, and we'd have a pretty doggone good chance of making it this year. So, objectively, it's a good thing for Ole Miss. But for the for the sport and for just like a neutral observer, it sucks because uh, this Georgia team under a twelve-team format would hardly need to show up this year. Oh, they yeah. could, they could rest every player against Ole Miss and Tennessee, go ten and two, and be in the be in the college football playoff. Get I think that's what's tournament. a bummer, yeah, because yeah. they're they're not playing anyone capable of beating them, unless you think Kentucky's doing something crazy. They're not playing anyone capable of beating them outside of those two games, and I'm not even sure how capable those two teams are. But and I, and I know schedules are going to change, you know, with the with the the sixteen teams in the SEC coming up and the, and the mm-hmm. divisions going away. But it's just a it's just stinks from the outside. If you're a neutral observer going, these games matter nothing for Georgia. The only difference is if they lose, they may have to, oh God forbid, host a first round game rather than getting a bye. Yeah. 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 If you're if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're bumming because the game's so late in the year. Yeah. Because you have to think at that point that they figured out quarterback. Yeah. Because Stetson Bennett, he's completed his doctorate. Um he has tenure, but like he is not he's, playing football anymore. He's an adjunct, yeah. yeah. Like it's so by that point, November, you have to think that Carson Beck or somebody has figured out quarterback, right? Um, so that's a bummer if you're an Ole Miss fan. Like you would love for 2016 Georgia, where you got him in what September? Yeah, and four thousand degrees in the frying pan in North End <laughs> yeah, Zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's at least make the case. Like, if they aren't what we think they are, what has to happen? And I think it starts with quarterback, as y'all said. You know, quarterback emeritus Stetson Bennett is, is gone, and so Carson Beck's supposed to be great, but he still hasn't seen, you know, live action yet in any significant, right. you know, game that that mattered of, of consequence. So, and then the other thing is, Bobo at offensive coordinator is pretty uninspiring, and yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, I, think, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, look, I, I think that was actually, you know, 
Georgia's defense has clearly carried them. That's where they've had the most NFL talents on that side of the ball. Obviously, we know that. But but on the offensive side of the ball, over the last couple of years, I think was it Munkin? I think he did a pretty good job. Um, yeah, no, he was good. Really, really was creative and scheming tight ends open. I mean, those that's where they had the the most talent on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. Um, I think he was pretty underrated. I don't know that Bobo's got that type of skill set or can can go that deep in his bag to get some of those guys open now unfortunately for people that play georgia they're better at receiver this year than they've been in like five years so yeah. maybe you and they don't still have, have the best tight end in the country right yeah they still was, he's still there and yeah and, i was gonna say just get the ball to brock bowers and you'll be fine yeah yeah so bobo is working with a better skill group than than monkey was working with over the last couple of years so you know that that but, may mitigate how how good is their running back room? I don't I'm not like in love with it. They have the, the transfer okay. from Indiana, is that right? Now you have to remember they also, got the kid from Mississippi. Um yeah, yeah. did he get banged up? Yeah, I think so. Probably got banged up in the weight room trying to yeah, squat I was gonna like nine hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm just again certainly not wishing another kid and I, I hope I'm wrong. But that that's the type of kid that you're just asking for lower body injury like later in his career because he's so bulked up, man. Your knees, yeah. you gotta be Bo Jackson to not have you know, and hell, even Bo Jackson got hurt. But you get my point where once you're built like that, dude, you can't you can't sustain at that at a skill position. Right. Your knees and ankles are not built to do that. Um so yeah, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton. Those are the quarterbacks. Who's it going to be? Um, you've got Brock Bowers. You've got Lab McConkey back. Uh, Dejon Edwards, Kendall Milton are in the running and in, in the in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You add in Dominic Lovett from Missouri. Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi yep. State went there. Yep. Um, big shoes to fill in Ad Mitchell, who. I can't remember the stat. I think he had a touchdown catch in every college football playoff game for Georgia. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty wild, which I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only Ole Miss fan that remembers this, but AD Mitchell at one point was committed to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how good will the, how good will they be off the edge defensively? Exactly. Um, like that. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, there's probably a dude on their roster that we don't know who will end up being a you know first round pick a year from now. <laughs> yeah. But but they did lose a lot at edge. They're fine up the middle. They're fine at linebacker. Their secondary is great. Like they're 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 there are NFL players all over that side of the ball. But at edge, they don't have a difference maker. Not the guy that we we're accustomed to. Maybe he emerges, but look, it, it may not matter what the schedule they play. Yeah, the schedule is Charmin. Um, now they got to replace Keely Ringo, Christopher Smith in the secondary. And this is a secondary. Gave up 850 passing yards and seven <laughs> touchdowns to LSU and Ohio State. Yeah. And I still, I, I've said it before, I'm on record once again. If Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get hurt, they do not win that game. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. And, and, and that's, we mentioned and last that's week, a, Mizzou. Mizzou had him on the ropes. Oh, yeah. man. Dude, people, you want to talk about how quickly the national audience turned on their TVs mm-hmm. in like late in the third quarter of that game to watch yeah. that one? But um, they also lose Bear Alexander, who is going to be a stud out at USC. 
And look, I, I know Kirby recruits at an elite level at that position, but you know, that's a loss, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, Kent State, Missouri, both they were playing with their food in those games. Mm -hmm. Um, like as Bill C writes, they had to play a perfect final 10 minutes to avoid a loss to Missouri. Um, but the schedule's so weak. I mean, yeah, it's bad. It's a it's a bad schedule. Barring a crazy upset against Ole Miss, and yes, I'm saying it's crazy. I don't think that's any disrespect to Ole Miss. I mean, it's Georgia. No, we're 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 19 and a half point dogs right now. So yeah, that's a, I mean that's, that's a crazy. Upset. But that's a perfect spot for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. It's like, definitely just, a free shot. It's a free shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just go in and just have fun. Let it all hang out. Nobody get hurt type game. Like but if you, Georgia, I was going to say, if you lose, if you lose that game 48 to 33, no one's going to care. No, right. hell no. Are they 20 point favorites in 10 games? <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> I mean, you said it. I mean, I don't see anyone else being that close with them. Georgia's, I mean, Florida's in a neutral site. So maybe. They're within 20. Um, Kentucky's Maybe. at home, and we're rated higher than Kentucky in the um, yeah. analytics. You know, S&P and, and, and Vegas is going to have us rated higher than them. Tennessee is obviously closer. Missouri's going to be bigger at Auburn. I can't imagine it's within 20. Maybe at Auburn. Yeah, Auburn may. They may get down to like 17 and a half or something just because it's at Auburn. But it'll be close. Yeah, the Nolan Smith's gone. No one last year had more than four and a half sacks last year. Um, now they've got dudes all over the place. So yeah, I'm Walter sure they'll Nolan's figure it bad. out. Not Walter Nolan. Who's the big? The big. They got a big guy on the interior of the line. I can't think of his uh, Nazir. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Stackhouse, right? Yeah, they're gonna. I mean, they're they just recruit. It's such depth. Like they get, like you said, they have guys that are going to be drafted that we've not heard of yet. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that that kind of happens for Georgia Man. every year now. I mean, what was the, the big guy that got drafted? What number one two years ago? Mm -hmm. They never heard of him, and he wasn't even that good at Georgia. Yeah, Stackhouse is six three three twenty. Yeah, yeah. Former Ole Miss target Zion Logue is still there. Yeah, Nazir Stackhouse. Name. Michael Williams is probably going to be the star. Um, he's a monster. Uh, yeah, they're gonna find people to make plays. There's no doubt about that. And to me, it's how quickly will Mike Bobo stop trying to be Mike Bobo and will just throw the ball to number nineteen? Like, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like this is the year where like Brock Bowers just does like video game shit week in week out because they just have to throw it to him over and over. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Bobo goes ultra conservative and just completely leans on the defense. And look, that's not a bad approach, really, when you have a defense like this one. But there are there's the potential, particularly against you know Tennessee and maybe even against Ole Miss, where you may need some points. You may need to yeah. put up 38. You may need to put up 42. Yeah, I 
But look, the we're what, doing the, this the for the sake is, of a podcast. But yeah, exactly. Winning, they're winning the East, and their win total is eleven. So <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be they're going to be good. And yeah, even if they go eleven and one with a loss to Ole Miss or Tennessee, they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah, it would take a special special circumstance at this point to keep them out of the playoff. I mean, what what would have to happen for them not to make the playoff? Like losing late to Ole Miss and then losing the SEC championship. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like in, that or Tennessee being there and Bama being there. Like they you would know? have to lose like I say Ole Miss because it's late in the year. So like it's what have you done for me lately territory? Um what about if you get an undefeated Big Ten champ with a one loss like Michigan or a one loss Ohio State with Michigan undefeated? Yeah, I mean that's gonna take something like that. I mean, I mean, it there'll have to be, we'll have to see at least two other undefeateds outside of the SEC to keep Georgia out at one loss. I think undefeated USC, undefeated Michigan, one loss Ohio State. <laughs> Maybe mm. it's just it's just I, I mean we just don't get that many undefeated teams anymore. You know? No, no, and I don't think USC is going undefeated, but. If they no. did, I think they're. I mean, you have to put them in, and you got. I mean, undefeated Washington is going to be in the playoff, no doubt. Yeah, I would love that. Undefeated <laughs> Oregon State. No, no, because we had them eight and a half under Nick. DJ Uyunglele's resurgence. The we'll re- take the we'll take that loss so they can be in the title game, national championship. That's one I wouldn't mind to be wrong about. God. The last year's uh, Clemson-Syracuse game is on my TV right now. And I've never seen... That's how you know it's getting close. I've never seen more punchable people than people at Clemson Memorial Stadium. (laughs) Just a... Is this a hot take? Clemson fans are like... A couple like onboarding sessions away from like Texas A&M cult status. Well, I was just gonna say they're just like Auburn East. I mean, yeah, they are. They are just a weird, weird group of people. I was talking on our on my podcast before we we cranked this one up about how weird Brian College Station, Texas is. Yeah, I mean, didn't feel like I was in danger, but. <laughs> Very eerie feeling being around that campus. Hey, I'm proud of us. We we did a solid episode on the SEC East. I didn't think we'd get this far, but um West next week, right? West next week, and then after that, we'll be breaking down the Mercer Bears. Let's go. Everybody get into your Phil Steel magazines for the Mercer scouting report. Um, but yeah, we'll have our West preview next week. Our good fella Ben will be back with us then. He was missed this week. Um, but shout out to Nick. Shout out to Austin. And uh, as always, shout out to Homefield Apparel. Promo code TOC23. 15% off. Almost line 10 days away, August 27th. Mark your calendars. Write it on your hand. Write it on your forehead. Just go ahead and get a Sharpie and write it on your bathroom mirror so you do not forget. So it is going to be a ton of fun to see Ole Miss finally get on homefieldapparel.com. 
We will be back next week, breaking down the West as we get closer and closer to week one. So for those guys over there, I'm Zach. This has been Hit That Line. Until then, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.